There once was a podcast of three ignorant man-children who thought they'd put on a show of discussing children's literature, reminisce on their own coming of age, and tackle issues in their own unqualified manner. After six months of podcasting, they decided to take a short break and come back in October. But waiting for their return was a collection of tales so horrifying outdated, that they could only be contained by one or two pages each, lest the stories become so horrifically detailed that the boys would lose interest. This is that very podcast episode. Turn off the lights and enjoy Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark on Reliterated, the podcast that's right behind you! Welcome to Reliterated, the lowbrow spook club of three ghoul-ass men reading the children's books popular in the 1990s, but with 2020's hindsight. Fair warning, we use language too mature for kids, analysis too immature for literary scholars, and ignorance too profound to be inoffensive to everyone. We also talk about our books in depth, and that includes spoilers. So, before you listen, if you're not familiar with the story, prepare to be spoiled. You can interact with us and enjoy all kinds of bonus content by searching Reliterated on Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, YouTube, Facebook, and we've got a TikTok now. Or ask us questions, suggest future episodes, or tell us what we've missed by sending us an email at realliterated at gmail.com, if you dare. Wow, there's a lot of ways to reach us, isn't there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we do have quite a few ways to reach us. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Andy Skeleton. My name's Skerald Thriller. And my name's, oh my Josh, Shark Hazard. <laughs> hazard. <laughs> like, yeah, I know, it's Hazard. It's it's hard to make a already spooky thing spooky. Well, I mean, you could have just said Hazard. <laughs> yeah, just say it in a more scary way. Right? Hazard. Woo. <laughs> so it's season two. It's October. It's spooky season. We are back. From our hiatus with a chapter of spooky books. This one's going to be fun. We've got some older books in it. Uh, one book that I think we all remember will be the book coming to us tonight. Well, I would think everyone remembers it. I remember it clearly, and you guys seem to be pretty excited about it. I remember it being a, a very, you know, part of my childhood that I remember fondly upon. I'm not sure if I ever read it, but I do recognize the cover as being one on a book that I always avoided reading because I was never really into scary stuff. I, I remember this book being fairly popular at MacLear Sodden, in fact. I remember this book being popular. And uh, even later, like as the other books, it's funny to find out that it was made in 1981. Uh, the book we are talking about tonight, by the <laughs> yeah, way, is the title is scary stories to tell in the dark. And there's more scary stories to tell in the dark that comes next and, and another one after that. But that it was published in 1981 blew my mind because I remember like these books coming in the Scholastic catalog and coming out in succession, like scary stories came out, then more scary stories. So it must have been some kind of re-release, you know. 
Or a continuing series? No, because this one was 1981, and I believe the second one was in the 80s as well. So, I mean, I would have been getting this in 1992, 93. See, what I think it is, is I believe they brought it out around Halloween, like September, October, November. They'd have it in those months for you to order, but you couldn't get it any other time. They just knew that that was the time to sell it. So you would see it every year, and so you think... It was in it all year, but it it was just during that time. Right. The The third one, Scary Stories 3, came out in 1991. So, I mean, that may have caused a resurgence at the time. Like, hey, let's sell all three of them. Oh, of course. Yeah. But I do remember this book being and being fond of it. Uh, one thing I noticed about the book immediately, uh, I, I got it in the mail and I was holding on to it. I think I got this one from Thrift Books. And I was holding on to it and I thought, wow, I mean, this must be a small, they must have shrunk the copy down or made it smaller as I'm holding it. And then I realized that my memory of this book was so strong that I can't look at it without seeing it with my little tiny hands holding on to it. The book <laughs> hasn't gotten smaller. I've gotten much bigger. <laughs> it's a, it's definitely a smaller book than uh, I remember it being. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like thin and, and then you, you read it and it's because all of the stories are like, like super short. Right. right. Yeah. A page, two pages, maybe three. Right. With giant illustrations. Yep. Mm-hmm. What I found funny was, uh, so I got the audiobook along with the actual book and the person who was reading was Patton Oswalt. And uh, so Pat and he wasn't popular as as far as like a voice actor until at least the 2000s. So I find it funny that even then they didn't have an audiobook for it until like 10, 10 years after it was well, 20 years after it came out. When was the audiobook made? I don't know when it was made, but it had Patton Oswald. The I believe the audiobook might have been made around the same time as the films were made. The film was made. That makes sense. Which is very recent. Yeah, there was a film for this recently, so obviously we have a movie to watch before the reiterated episode. At least one. I know. I th- believe there's more one for almost everything that we oh, have. Yeah, there is. Great. That's something that I didn't take into consideration when setting up this chapter. Is that we're gonna have to watch some scary movies? Oh yeah. Well, they're not that scary. <laughs> yeah, they're really not scary. I'm frightened. <laughs> you know, one thing in the opening of this book, there's a little. A word from the author, basically. And it starts with that pioneers used to entertain themselves by telling scary stories. At night, they might gather in somebody's cabin or around a fire and see who could scare the others most. And then it says that some girls and boys in my town do the same thing today. Now, I was thinking about this when I was reading that, and I'm like, that's almost, you don't really see that very often anymore, because now people, when they want to get scared, they might throw on YouTube or watch a movie, right? But even when we were growing up telling scary stories, maybe not for you, Andy, but I can remember campfire stories that were scary, telling scary stories. And I, I just wonder how, if that resonates with kids today to, to sit around and actually tell each other scary stories. Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd wager not really, because kids don't really get together that much anymore. Not the same way, no. No, we've, we've become more connected and at the same time more... <laughs> Not kids like our our kids are still pretty young, so we got some time. But like um, things such as Boy Scouts still exist, and I don't know they tend to go on camping trips and shit. Yeah, I believe I believe that's when 
I read this book was I took it to summer camp with me so that I could read it to, well, I know for a fact I got it when I was older because I read it to the kids that I was, I was a, a camp counselor for a couple summers. And so were you one of the deals? Yeah. One of the deals was I would tell the kids a bedtime story as long as they went to sleep. And yeah, so I'm pretty sure I used this book to to tell them some of the stories. Probably not the scary ones. Wasn't this a Christian camp? Wasn't this back when you were- It was. It was Bayshore. It was a, a, a Bayshore a Christian camp. Uh, yes. <laughs> telling stories about corpses and shit. <laughs> yep. Telling, you know, telling stories about things that aren't true. You know, like- There's only one story you need to tell those kids about a dead guy coming back to life. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. That's not true either. So none of these stories are true. It's okay. <laughs> No crucified man is going to come to get you, okay? You don't have to drink his blood or eat his body. Just sleep well. <laughs> sleep well. Zombie Jesus is not coming for you. He only comes at Easter. It's fine. So all these stories are, are old folk tales and then more modern tellings. And then some of them near the end are almost like poems or sayings, like long sayings that people would use to uh, talk about death because you know, we talk about it today. We make all these. I was thinking about it while I was listening actually to the audiobook today, and it was talking about uh, one of the stories with the decomposing body. They were talking about how kids would sing it and soldiers would sing it to remove their fear of death because it's like, haha, I'm making this joking or. Or just talking about it as if it's nothing, you know, the decomposition of my own body. And I mean, that just I, I can't relate to that at all today. I don't think we think on necessarily how much how much different it is or how less likely we are to get hurt. Like if everything shut down tomorrow and we had to start living out in the woods and all of a sudden an infection is a real serious <laughs> issue. Oh, man. <laughs> the audiobook you guys listened to, is it uh, the anthology of the three? It is. Uh, yes. Three books? Okay. Narrated by Patton Oswalt. Yep. Just the first one was narrated by Patton Oswalt. Oh, right, right. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking it up on Audible now. Patton Oswalt and then Melissa McBride uh, narrated the second one, and Alex Brightman narrated the third one. And it's got a uh, 2019 copyright on it. Okay. And yep. published I think, in 2020. I think that's when the movie came out. I think so as well. Yeah. Around that, that time. It was pretty good when he... He was telling the story, and the first chapter is, is the ah chapter, where it's what you're supposed to scare your friends, like jump out at them. And Patton was very good about at the end. He would be, he would say something like, "And now turn to your friend and say ah." <laughs> so <laughs> it was really fun. Yeah, it was fun. So we should maybe get into the book a little bit. Talk about some of these stories. Yeah. Uh, the first one is the big toe, and uh, this one's uh, so it's fucking weird. Why? Okay, so many of these stories are fucking weird. I have some questions, and I have a feeling that you have the same questions, Josh. Uh, why? Why? A. Where would a child find a toe? B. Why would he take the toe? And C. Why would the family eat the toe? <laughs> 
<laughs> that was probably my biggest question. Like finding the toe, pulling it out. I mean, maybe if I was a kid and I was digging around, I found something to be like, whoa, because he was digging in the garden, right? Yeah. So, so that might happen. But if I took it to my mom and she was like, ooh, we're going to cook it up and she threw it in the soup, I'd be like, I am not eating mom's soup anymore. <laughs> she, didn't even, she didn't wash the toe off. She just threw it in. Gross. Dude, the heat washes it off. Duh. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you cook it, you cook the germs off, yep. but the mo- mom doesn't even question it. She just says, ooh, it looks nice and plump. I'll put it in the soup and we'll have it for supper. Right. Dad cuts it in three <laughs> pieces and they eat it and no one questions this. Like, I'm like, this is clearly <sighs> a human toe, right? <laughs> it's fucking gross is what it is. Feet are s- fucking gross, okay? <laughs> so Feet are eating- gross, but so is eating human meat. Oh, a toe. Oh. <laughs> Just the it's like the worst of the worst because yes it's human meat, also it's a toe. <laughs> the only person who would enjoy this is Quentin Tarantino. So, oh, Quentin Tarantino would be all over it. Oh, he would be all over. It. <laughs> We've been re- it'd be, recently watched. It'd be a the close up, like in Indian into the cover of Omri's face, but like the people eating the toe slowly, but they wouldn't cut it up into three pieces if it was oh, Tarantino. Man. No. He does the movie and like the whole opening sequence is just a, a close up of the toe. Yeah. For like for the entire like opening credits. It's just there for as long could, as it takes Quentin Tarantino to get his rocks off. I could see it. Yeah, so the story is basically a boy finds a toe, uh, and then a voice is like, Hey, you took my toe and they, they don't care. It seems they just don't give a fuck. And then at the end you're supposed to jump out and say, You've got it. Yep. So that's yeah, that's the story. <laughs> that's this whole first section of the book. It's broken up into five sections, and all the stories in this first section end with the narrator saying, "This is the part where you jump at your friend and scream really loud at them, or something to that nature." You know what I noticed about the second story, uh, with the uncle walking down the lonely dirt road one day. The walk, it's called. Mm-hmm. That story had a lot of filler in it. <laughs> I felt <laughs> it's two pages. It's it's actually only one no, no, page. No, no, no. <laughs> this book is what you get when you remove any filler. Yeah, like this is filler. this is Josh's this is a dream book, book, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Josh, this is your dream book. Like Basically, it just gets to the point. Yes. It's only it just the gets point. To the point. <laughs> so you'd be so much happier if all of the novels that we read just read like one to three pages. I just don't want <laughs> the ending the to always say now scream. <laughs> Bruce Bruce is a kindred spirit with you that, on that Josh because he started reading The Big Toe to me the other day and he made it to about the point where he said you've got it and you jump out or whatever and then he goes this story's long I'm gonna go to the next one <laughs> there's half a page left bro <laughs> like it doesn't even take up two whole pages right yeah. all told I think it's worth mentioning the illustrations in this book. Like, I think that they are the creepiest part of this book. Oh, for sure. They are haunting. They are uh, beautiful, but haunting. Drawings by Stephen Gamble. And, like, the the image on the cover is uh, very famous and very it sticks in your mind for, for years and years. Like, I recognize this book just based on the drawing of, like, a... Uh, a tree in a in a field where like it's half like the right half of it is like a human skeletal face with like a clown nose <laughs> smoking right. a corn cob pipe. <laughs> Weirdly. 
but yeah, they're very creepy. Like, is that watercolor pencil? It looks like watercolor to me. Yeah. Yeah. Like combine like uh, uh, pencil drawings with watercolor. Yeah. It might, yeah, it might be, it might be where it was. uh, Yeah. Basically what you just said, the pencil with uh, the, the color done with watercolor. Yeah. Very grotesque images. So yeah, the the image for the walk is cooler than the actual story cuz the story is basically just uh a guy it, it's an unfortunate thing that happens sometimes uh, like if you ask somebody directions to something and then you end up going the same direction as them <laughs> and it's just awkward as hell. That's what this story is. Yep. <laughs> Two strangers wind up walking <laughs> together along a dirt road and they're just really scared of each other right freaked out by each other and now scream yep (laughs) yeah and the next one yeah the next one uh where the person comes down the chimney it's uh stomp on the ground and scream at the person near you nearest you you know i mean so these all these first stories are all jump scares that you're supposed to to do the one after the that quick story it's basically uh yeah this lady is sad and wants company and so a corpse shows up (laughs) yeah (laughs) Just drops down her chimney. But the next one, Me Tai Do Tai Walker. Oh, that's yeah, fun. Me Tai Do Tai Walker. Me Tai Do Tai Me Tai Do Doty Doty Walker Doty. Me Tai Do Ti Walker. Me Tai Do Ti Walker. What? And then there's a talking dog. Yeah, the dog answers back with Lynchy Kinchy Kali Mali Dingo Dingo, which is reason number seven hundred fifty-eight not to own a pet. I mean, if I had a talking dog, that would be, I would love it. That would be great. Again, it's 2021. I have TikToks of my talking dog. (laughs) (laughs) The baking kind. And I don't believe in, I don't believe in ghosts. So the thing would be making noise and I'd be like, and listen to that. (laughs) Some, some physical attribute of nature is causing something to make that noise. (laughs) But there's some voice, some spooky voice repeating me tai do tai walker and the dog sings back linchi kinchi kali mali dingo dingo until the voice gets closer and closer and then turn to one of your friends and scream ah yeah but andy's favorite part of the story is when the dog falls over dead from fright yeah the dog dies from fright and andy actually texted us to tell us how happy he was he was like story over and over he's like this is my favorite story Brought it on himself, man. He's the one who invited the ghost in. Did he invite it in because a head fell out of the chimney? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. It was a bloody head that fell out of the chimney. It's like two straight stories of body parts falling down a chimney. (laughs) Was there an issue (laughs) before this time? I think it happened often. (laughs) People were probably climbing in chimneys to stay warm. They were just trying to find a spot for the night. You know, and then they died of carbon monoxide poisoning and fell into the <laughs> it fell into the fire. I bet there's all kinds of corpses being dropped down chimneys back then. Oh, for sure. Whatever time period this story comes from, it comes from the time period with corpses and chimneys, <laughs> <laughs> where they dispose of their loved ones by chopping them into pieces and throwing them down chimneys. Right. We know where the myth of Santa Claus came from now. <laughs> right. <laughs> we gotta we gotta cheer this shit up. <laughs> And obviously, Me Tai Dote Walker is inspiration for you know, all kinds of Christmas carols, like Up on the Housetop, Reindeer Paws, Lynchy Kinchy Kali, Molly Dingo Dingo. <laughs> uh, the next two are, are actually like poems, or this first one is a poem, and then the second one, they actually give you music to make a song out of it on the on the yeah. picture page. <laughs> 
A Man Who Lived in Leeds is a poem about a man who lived in Leeds and had a garden. And then a bunch of stuff happens. And then suddenly, like, there's a pen knife in my back. And when my back begins to bleed, turn to your friends and scream. Ah! Like, talking about a dude's garden and all of a sudden, he's stabbed in the back. in the back by some dude? <laughs> by some person? This or makes, nothingness? Makes so much sense. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, this yeah, it really doesn't make any sense. There was a man who lived in Leeds. He filled his garden full of seeds. And when the seeds began to grow, it was like a garden filled with snow. But when the snow began to melt, it was like a ship without a belt. Okay. And when the Mm -hmm. ship began to sail, it was like a bird without a tail. And when the bird began to fly, it was like an eagle in the sky. And when the sky began to roar... It was like a lion at my door. And when the door began to crack, it was like a penknife in my back. And when my back began to bleed, I was Turn dead, the dead, dead indeed. <laughs> you lured no. them in with a poem about scary. nothing. Well, here's yeah. the thing. People are always talking shit about how the older generations are like more courageous and, and not scared of anything. This shit don't scare me at all. And I'm pretty sure at this point in my life, it'd take quite a bit to scare me. I'd be like, what the fuck are you going to do, man? I'm good either way. <laughs> Listen here, older generations. This is why we don't do things like you did anymore. Yeah. Because none of your shit makes goddamn sense. And it sucked. <laughs> But it's not scary when it says it's scary. It's not scary. <laughs> the, the way this one goes, I mean, we should actually learn the music to this and try and play this as a song. I'd like to. I wish in- I knew. I wish I knew how to sight read better. Yeah, I don't know yeah. how to sight read right now, but I'm sure that I can look up these notes and be like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, because there is like sheet music annotated here and how to sing it. Yeah, do my and best. And it's in six eight times, so it's fast. Yeah, I don't know. That, yeah, there was an old woman, all skin and bone, who lived near the graveyard all alone. Ooh. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty good. She sight thought reading, she'd actually. go to church one day and hear the parson preach and pray. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> That's in the ballpark, I'd, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'd say you're close. Yeah. So it's basically about how, uh, you know, people get old and then they die. <laughs> <laughs> how did I How did I put it? Old woman sees a corpse near a church. Preacher tells her that's what she'll look like when she's dead. Yep. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of saying, oh, we should get that. Uh, we should report that to the authorities and get that uh, cleaned up right away. It's like, that's what you're going to look like soon. Sir, Old can lady. we move this corpse? You better shut your mouth, lady, or you're going to end up looking like that corpse. <laughs> yeah, but it's getting all wormy. <laughs> and that's what you'll look like, too. And now scream at your friends. Ah! Ah! <laughs> Every time. <sighs> like, that's the number one complaint I've, I'm seeing on the reviews to the audiobook. <laughs> It's like, I was expecting scary stories. It's just jump scares saying, now jump and yell, ah, every single time. Yeah, basically. No, I think the idea behind this book really is, because like I say, like later on in the book, we get to some of the stories that we we all remember as being the urban legends when we were kids. Mm -hmm. And I think the whole purpose of this book is you read it. And if you're someone who really likes it, you might read it a bunch of times. And then one night when you're sitting around a campfire, you know, with people, you could tell the story from memory, probably. I mean, I imagine I know that the hook hand story I've told multiple times. Mm-hmm. And then without the pictures, people are just like, bro, that was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Who eats a toe? It's scary when you're 10. <laughs> when you have yeah, an but, imagination. 
Why would they eat a toe? Yeah, but why? <laughs> why though? Why a toe? <laughs> and then this book is kind of in sections. So that first part is all jump scares. And then the next part is uh, creepy things coming around. Ghosts. Uh, ghosts maybe. Ghosts, kinda, and, yeah. ghosts and undead. Uh, the, the thing is about a couple of friends and one of my ancestors, Sam Miller. Sam Thriller. <laughs> There's a movie called The Thing, right? Yeah, there is. It's a yeah, really John good Carpenter. Movie. Yep, totally John not based the on the story. Not at all. Not even close. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't even involve a turnip field, right? No, it does not at all. In fact, it's in our Antarctica, I believe, or the North Pole. It's either in Antarctica or the North Pole. It's Antarctica. Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah. Right. They made a uh, second one that was actually a prequel that tried to show what happened before the uh, alien creature got to uh, the research station from the first movie. And it's crazy because with the technology they had to make it, it looks terrible compared to the original because all of the monsters in the original movie were practical effects. That's all they could do back then. And all of the monsters in the new one were CGI and the CGI just did not hold up to expectations. Did it involve a, a corpse crawling out of a turnip field? It did not. It did not. <laughs> that's it was what entirely... this, the thing is about. Yep. Yeah. And it touches one of them, Ted, touches Ted, and then Ted dies a year later. And yep. he looked like the skeleton. He looked just like a skeleton. Ooh, so <laughs> scary. I like Ooh. how it happened. It's like, it's a year later. He could have died of anything. Yeah. <laughs> he might have got like, COVID. We don't know. Right. Just like people try to say, oh, I, I know... Like Nicki Minaj's cousin's friend got a swollen testicle after getting the vaccine. <laughs> he also might have well, got hit in the nuts by he something. Also, yeah, that might have been related to anything, but okay, because it, it happened after he got the vaccine. Who knows how long after? <laughs> You're going to blame it on the vaccine. Right. Okay. This kid dies a year after touching a corpse and he becomes a corpse. Hmm. Really makes you think. Yeah, he probably touched... Yeah, he had to have been sick with something. It's a stretch to see the causality here. Yeah, yeah. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> the story after that is called Cold as Clay. And it is about how the class system comes into play and prevents people from being happy. Because a farmer doesn't think a farmhand is good enough for his daughter. And so he sends her away. And then Jim gets COVID and dies. Oh, <laughs> maybe not. He wasted away. So he got no. tuberculosis. Because that's the wasting disease. No, he died of a broken heart. Yeah, he died of a broken <laughs> oh, heart. Oh, so he's because, like Padme? Because well, the farmer didn't think yeah. that his he was good enough for his daughter. So he sent her away. And she was the only thing keeping him alive. Yep. Obviously. That's why you got to get your heart vaccinated. <laughs> but the story doesn't end there. Nope. He shows up at her uncle's house and says, yeah, your dad sent me to get you because they didn't have cell phones. Right. They they uh, gave messages by corpse. That's why they're dropping corpses down chimneys. Right. Oh, Jerry invited us to dinner tomorrow night. He left his grandma <laughs> in the chimney with a note on her foot. <laughs> you just got to be fast it. enough to get it before it burns up. Right. <laughs> oh, put the corpse on the forehead. <laughs> hey, look, her foot fell in the stew. Let's eat it. Mmm, cut her toes off. Yummy, yummy. Mm, I get the heel. A message and a gift. <laughs> I feel like cannibalism was a lot more popular, but just not noted 
in the days when it was hard to find food. (laughs) (laughs) This is why we got to get back to traditional values. Traditional values. Eat the dead. (laughs) Eat the dead. (laughs) Eat the dead. (laughs) Why? So we can giggle? Yeah, right. (laughs) Get a little Kuru going. Get some Kuru. Yeah. Everybody's happier. So yeah, uh, the dead guy shows up at uh, and brings her back to the farm, but then he disappears, and so they dig him up, and what was on the corpse? Uh, none other than the bow that the daughter had given the de- the corpse earlier. Yep. These aren't very scary, guys. No, it's not very <laughs> scary. <laughs> They're not. It's not. Imagine sitting around a campfire, and around the corpse's head was the girl's handkerchief. Now jump at your friend and scream. Yeah! <laughs> uh, the next one is about a guy who killed a shit ton of wolves, and after he had killed so many that he got rich, he was like, you know, I'm not going to kill wolves anymore. <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's just it's this butcher who makes so much money getting the bounties from killing uh wolves because there's a wolf problem in the town or whatever, but he can retire on the money from how many wolves he's killed. <laughs> Something else, man. The, it was a lot easier to make money back then. Yeah. Just go shoot a bunch they're, of wolves. They're very generous with their wolf bounties. Yeah. But then he gives it up. He's like, I'm not gonna kill wolves anymore. And then a wolf shows a white wolf shows up and starts killing and then he's like, well, fuck that. I'm going to go back to killing the wolf. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, it ends up that the wolf kills him. And then the wolf is never seen again because it was yep. a ghost wolf or something. Well, and I mean, right here, though, uh, they found Bill and he was still sitting against the other tree, but he was dead. His throat had been torn open. Holy shit. <laughs> so it was either the wolf or Patrick Swayze. No, I'm yeah. Oh man, Patrick Swayze might have hit him. He might have got him. You know, <laughs> is Patrick Swayze the White Wolf? Ooh, I could see that. They're both very elegant. Not gone, just changed. That's <laughs> what I'm both saying. Very elegant. <laughs> <laughs> the next story I actually like. This is probably my favorite one. It's called the Haunted House, and I like it because of what happens. Right. Yeah, this was a good one. This this is about a uh, a preacher who runs into a girl. But That's she, just a girl. A ghost girl. A ghost girl. Yeah, she's a ghost. And he's basically like, hey, you know, what do you want? What do you want? And she tells him, what does she do at first? She doesn't really say anything at first, does she? But eventually she lets him know that he needs to uh, find her bones, her her body buried in a certain spot and uh, and bury it. And then after that, she tells him to take her finger bone and put it in the collection plate and it would tell everybody who had murdered her. And it eventually ends up clinging on to some dude's hand or whatever. Yeah, and, oh, her, and she her, said, her former lover's. Yeah, she said that if he did that, if he buried her and then found out who killed her, that she would reveal where a buried treasure was, and she does that. And he can give the the money to the church. Not specifically scary, because even the ghost, it's not like the ghost scares the preacher. The ghost is like, help me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This is probably the most fleshed out, complete story of the whole book. It's probably why I liked it. It is. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably why it was the best. Yeah, plus plus the guy got hung, the the bad guy was caught and Yeah, there's closure. There's actual fucking Yeah, there's closure. actual closure on this one. I mean, I don't think it's cool that the church got a bunch of money, but you know, it is what it is. I think it had to do with that time period too. 
we can possibly imagine that this was... It doesn't necessarily say that the money went to the church, though. Like, the ghost offered, uh, I'll tell you where my money is hid, and you can give it to the church. But he he's wound up finding a big sack of money, but it doesn't say what he did with it. Ooh, maybe he took it for himself. Yeah. Yeah. That'd make his character more interesting. It would. It would. If he went to, like, Vegas with it or something. <laughs> yeah, let it ride. I'm going to Vegas. This is 14th century England, dude. <laughs> what the fuck is Vegas? <laughs> I also thought it was pretty cool, like, uh, at the end it said, and where the haunt had held onto his coat, the print of those bony fingers was burned right into the cloth and never did come out. Like, did he use an iron? Did he try using starch? Because both those things might have helped. Or just get rid of the coat. Oh, yeah, get rid of the coat. A corpse touched it. Weird. Gross. So the next one is kind of an interesting one, too, the guests. I think this is is fun. This is more along the scary line of, like, you know, if you... If you believe in supernatural things, we we also have to look at this as I was thinking this when I was reading it, like none of this stuff relates to me. Now, when I was a kid, though, I I would be superstitious sometimes or scared of ghosts or something, you know, out there. And so this next story is about a young couple that is traveling and they realize it's getting too late because, you know, it used to be you couldn't travel at night. And they would they went to this house, knocked on the door, asked if they could rent a room the old couple there said, no, you can't rent a room. We don't rent them, but you can stay here. That's just fine. So they stayed the night and in the morning they got up and they left an envelope with some money in it. But when they get to the town, they tell everybody like, hey, you know, we stayed at this house up there and they let them know that it's impossible because the house had burned down and those two people had died. So it, this wasn't just a ghost sighting of people. This was a ghost building and everything. It's a ghost house. And they were nice ghosts because they let them stay there and they gave them food and right. stuff. Good right. ghosts. Not all ghosts. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Hashtag not all ghosts. Hashtag, Hashtag. not all ghosts. Yeah. Then they returned to scope out the house to see if the stories were true, and it was a burned down husk, and their envelope of money was still where they left it. This is kind of a trope of, like, I've heard this type of story multiple times in my life, where, like, you <laughs> oh, know, the thing is- Oh, they died 15 years ago. Yeah. Mm. There's a very famous uh, ghost near the, uh, the Chicagoland area, uh, and what it is is you go by this this one graveyard, and I, I there's a hitchhiker, and you pick her up, and she'll have you take her down the road to the to this house that used to be her house, and then when they get there, you turn around and she's not in the in the car anymore. And then the people at the house are like, no, she died in an accident at that place where you picked her up, right? Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that story in this book, too? It might be. Just basically in this book? And then and then, I'm trying to remember if it was in this or if I just heard it or read it on social media somewhere. But yeah, I just recently heard that story. Yeah, I don't know if that's in this book, but yeah, it's definitely a popular kind of uh, jumping off point for a lot of scary stories. You know, here's a perfect time to get me started on something. So here we go. Cue the music. <laughs> so as we know, I don't believe that there's like there are ghosts or anything, right? But see this story or stories like it, or when people talk about uh, ghosts, if they have anything. Now, I think there's probably other explanations, but a cool, like, fun theory I've always thought is that it's more of, like, one of those things where time isn't necessarily a line like we think it is. It's almost like, you know, all the different dimensions that are there. So, so maybe ghosts are just like a, a hiccup in that soup and you're actually just experiencing that someone, something that happened 
200 years ago. Harold, are you saying that it's a wrinkle in time? It is. It's like a wrinkle in time, right? Well, a soup bubble. A soup in, bubble in time. A cross-dimensional soup right. ripple. <laughs> I mean, like, if something actually happened, because there's, there's supposedly compelling ghost sightings and whatever, and people have video of things happening, which are always questionable because they can't explain after a certain point. But one explanation to that beyond a magical ghost would be maybe it's just some fucking weird thing that we don't know about because space and physics are weird and quantum physics are weird. Well, they did a study and there was a study and they did a certain sound frequency can make you feel that feeling. Yeah, no, it's, uh, oh man, what is it? I can't remember what the sound is, but you can actually go on like YouTube and find where you just can play that yeah. song and just it listen is, to that, it that is, sound. It, it gives you that feeling. It's freaky. Yep, after a minute, it gets eerie. Oh, and I hmm. binged I binged it. It's uh, Resurrection Mary, and she is a well-known ghost, er, uh, Chicago-area ghost story of the vanishing hitchhiker type. So that is that's a common a common ghost. Also, is the vanishing hitchhiker. Yep, hmm. it makes sense. It's scary. It scares people away from picking up hitchhikers. Usually a story is going to, like, even the big toe is a cautionary tale. Don't eat human toes, you know? Right. Yeah. I don't think that needs to be said, but maybe repeat it one more time. Don't eat human beings. Don't don't eat human flesh. Yeah. The long pig. Yeah. They called it the long pork. <laughs> Speaking now, of, uh, the next set of the book is called They Eat Your Eyes, They Eat Your Nose. So these are all scary stories about all kinds of things. About the grave, a witch, a man who liked to swim, okay, a hunting trip, <laughs> and a market basket. There's also one about worms eating a corpse. Your corpse. What? <laughs> yeah, this that's his first one, the hearse song. And, and that's the one I was talking about that apparently was a song that soldiers and they would have children sing. This is it's, just, it's a fucking weird song, the weird, weird message. It's like, don't laugh as a hearse goes by. Because you may be the next to die, and then you'll decompose, and you'll eat your own stomach pus spread on bread. Right, yeah. And, and <laughs> pus what, pours out, and pus pours <laughs> out like whipping cream, you spread it on a slice of bread, and that's what you eat when you're dead. Like, what the fuck? I thought dead people <laughs> ate bones. I thought Isn't dead that... people were dead. Because <laughs> in right? the Goosebumps, I mean... the dead people were eating bones. Oh, that one gives you the music too. Yeah. Yeah. On the next yeah. page, there's some sheet music or there's uh, some bars of uh, notation. And it's in 6 8 time as well. Apparently, 6 8 is the spooky uh, time measure. Is the monster mash in 6 8? The, the, he did the mash. He did the monster <laughs> mash. The of course, that one. What other monster <laughs> mash song is there? <laughs> I'd say definitely. I thought you were talking about the other one. <laughs> but this reminded me of the superstition of graveyards, how you're supposed to hold your breath when you're going past a graveyard. What, the hearse song or the girl? The hearse song reminded me of it because oh, okay. it's basically like you're supposed to, you know, don't laugh at a hearse. And when you're going by a, a cemetery, you, you hold your breath. I don't know why. I think it's like so that they can't steal it or something. I don't know. Yeah, things have changed because we now have people doing scoreboards of unvaccinated people dying from COVID. <laughs> Herman Cain Award. Yep. Yikes. Anyway, the next one is the girl who stood on a grave. <laughs> and this story is dumb. Yes. I concur. 
She stands on a grave on a dare. She dies of fright when she pins her own dumbass dress to the ground and thinks she's being grabbed by a corpse. She stabs a knife into the ground, to, and that's what pins her dress. This girl was tough because we're talking about dirt here. I mean, if she stabbed a knife deep enough, I mean, did it go into the... Well, part of the dare was that uh, that's that was her proof that she actually went and did it. Like, the boy that uh, dared her uh, to do it says, stick this knife in one of the graves, then we'll know you were there. It must have been a dull-ass knife to not cut through cloth. But it did cut through. But it, it did. It, it pinned her dress to the ground. And yeah. She's, she thought yeah, she was being grabbed pulled, by a corpse. When she tried to go away, it didn't cut through. So it was a dull S- knife. So it's simultaneously like one of the strongest knives in existence. Uh, the ground is made of, I don't know, some kind of rehealing wood or something <laughs> that held the knife in place. And then uh, it was also dull enough and her dress was good enough that it didn't tear or or pull out of the ground or anything. Yeah, this girl was stupid. <laughs> well, Harold, <laughs> obviously, obviously this this knife did not cut. Yeah, this knife <laughs> does not cut. It was just pointy. That's all it, all it was. Yep. Got through a dress and did not pull out of the ground. And the lesson is always pull out. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. The next one's kind of cool. Ooh, two farmhands shared a room. Ooh. I can't quit you. It's progressive. <laughs> oh, God. This story's hilarious, though. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> I forgot about this story. This one's well, awesome. One of the farmhands complains that every night a witch comes in and turns him into a horse and rides him all over the countryside. Oh, so the yeah. Other far- the other farmhand's like, okay, well, I'll switch beds with you so, uh, so I can see what you're talking about. And then the witch comes and turns that dude into a, uh, into a horse. She slips a bridle on him, and that's when he turns into a horse. Uh, but uh, she takes him uh, to a party and leaves him outside. He somehow gets out of the bridle and jumps the witch when she comes out <laughs> with the bridle, turns her into a horse, uh, takes her to get shooed. So now she's got uh, horseshoes on, and uh, she take uh, he takes the horse to the woman's husband, <laughs> and uh, trades trades her to him like for his horse, I guess. But then the her husband takes the bridle off of her, and she turns back into the woman, but she's still got horseshoes nailed to her hands and feet, which sounds awful. Yeah. So this yes. is a tale of uh, of a kink gone wrong, I believe. Uh, yeah. She definitely did not get permission, and that is rule number one. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so she got her comeuppance. But yeah, that's oh man. It was it was crazy reading this one. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty wild. <laughs> I'm looking at the drawing and I'm seeing there's a, a high heel on one of the horses oh, yeah. feet. And the other the rear haunch is a uh, like a human foot. It's a very good picture of Sarah Sarah Jessica Parker from <laughs> Sex and the City. That's why, why she's wearing high face? heels. <laughs> <laughs> That's mean. The next story is about Harold's favorite animal, alligators. Ugh, they're <laughs> alligators. I don't know. It's such a toss-up for me between sharks and alligators. The fact is, is that though I'm unlikely to ever encounter an alligator or a shark, I would be more likely to encounter an alligator because they are able to cross onto the land and sharks are only just now developing that. (laughs) So via tornado, tornado. And I believe they're also building apparatuses 
apparatus um, that sure. are like, you know, make them four legged, like robotic legs. <laughs> They're developing robot feet. According to this documentary game I'm playing, um, aliens are also involved with the, the sharks being upgraded. Okay. So, well, I mean, if I were a shark. That happens in Red Dead Redemption 2? No, that's, uh, <laughs> I'm talking about Maneater. <laughs> Maneater. <laughs> All right. Because you don't play many games. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> what I would do if I were a shark is I would protect a lobster, right, for a long time. Or, like, have my whole family protect the lobster as, okay. as it goes down, right? And then eventually my great-great-grand shark could ride the lobster onto the land because the lobster uh, doesn't die of natural causes, apparently, and just keeps growing as long as it survives. Hmm. So Big enough for a shark to ride, huh? For sure. 100%. That is a science fact. Science facts from Reliterated. Yeah. This this woman marries a guy, and he keeps on trying here. He turns into an alligator, and then he tries to turn into kids. Yeah, yeah. I mean, (laughs) some people are alligators. He likes swimming so much he turns into an alligator. Mm. Yep. And he yeah. wants to uh he wants to make his kids into alligators. Yep. So he takes them swimming late at night in the river, as you do. But clearly they were just making it up because everybody knows there's no alligators around this place, which clearly isn't Florida. Yeah, I I thought that was weird too. It doesn't even take place in Florida. Right. <laughs> because there's no alligator like they're not native to the area. Hundred percent. There is a dude in Florida that claims he can turn himself into an alligator. I I know that that person exists without even looking into it. Oh, uh, it's Florida man. It's very yeah. easy. Florida man likely <laughs> has swam with alligators, claiming to be one. I'm gonna bang it. What I find weird is, you know, when when you think of animals that are really good at swimming and are super into swimming, the first animal you think of is obviously alligators because they're just known for their swimming prowess. I mean, technically they are. No, well, they are, but it's not the first thing you think of when you when you say, oh, that guy can swim like an alligator. No, you say he can swim like a fish. Okay, so this, I found I found something, um, doesn't live in Florida, but he is the president of Brazil, and he claims that COVID vaccine could turn people into alligators. Bolsonaro said that? Bolsonaro. Oh, yep. what a... F- fucking dumbass this is an article from december 19th of last year Ugh. so the vaccine was just rolling out and the brazil the president of brazil uh throwing that conspiracy theory out that they <laughs> the vaccine is gonna turn people into alligators this is the same guy who last week was not allowed to eat in a restaurant in new york because he refused to wear a mask so they made him eat on the street Related to this, though, I did find an article from July of this year uh, that has a Florida man wrestling an alligator and tossing it onto the roof of a bar to teach it a lesson. (laughs) 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 This year, just a couple months ago. Oh, Florida man, you never (laughs) fail to entertain. I'll have to check in and see if the Florida man on Florida man podcast covered that one. Because, I mean, it was recent. It was recent (laughs) as fuck. Yeah. Shout out to the guys on the Florida man on Florida man podcast. (laughs) We'll have to find out who our Florida men are. Right. (laughs) 
So after that is Room for One More. And this is about an elevator, which is terrifying. Right. First, a dream about a hearse comes around. Apparently, it's like a, a party bus hearse or like a limo hearse. It's like full of people. And the driver says to the, the guy that's dreaming, Room for One More. Then he wakes up from the dream. And he, in the course of his day, has to get onto an elevator. And the elevator opens, and I think it's the same dude that he saw in his dream about the hearse. But yeah, yeah. One of the passengers looked out and called to him. There's room for one more, he said. It was the driver of the hearse. But the dude says, no, thanks, I'll get the next one. And then he heard the elevator crash, killing everyone on board. So this is Final Destination, the book. Right. Or Final Destination, the page. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, more likely the page. The page, yeah. It's a one-page story. It is a one-page story. There's like three lines on the ne- on like the back of the page. And then the next one is the Wendigo. I just like the summary that, that uh, Andy did for this. Dude hires a desperate Native American to take him hunting. The latter gets called away by a voice in the wind and disappears. A few days later, the dude thinks some dude at the in- at the lodge is... His Indian guy, but it's really a pile of ashes under a hat, of course. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good summary. It's a very good summary of that story. That's basically it. That really is it. (laughs) (laughs) This Native American that some dude hires to take him hunting in a place where very few people go hunting, because probably because the tales say it's haunted or whatever. Uh, And then, like, the wind calls to uh, this guide that he has hired, and he uh, loses track of him. But then a few days later at the lodge, he's asking around about him, and he sees a familiar figure over by the fire. He goes over to him thinking it's the the dude, uh, the Native American dude that he hired, but nope. He pulls up his hat and it's just a pile of ashes. <laughs> the end. Because why wouldn't it be? Yeah, <laughs> right? the end. Apparently there was a Wendigo involved. <laughs> so, yeah, apparently the Wendigo had something to do with it. Now, <laughs> the, next, the next one right after that is uh, the dead man's brains, and that's actually the story that halloween story or a game that you play where you pass around the different food items and i thought it was interesting that like at first it's like you know some grapes and yeah some some tomatoes a raw liver like who the fuck is handing a raw liver around to people (laughs) here's the thing i when i was younger when i was i probably i was in fourth grade i remember because jeremy was in in fourth grade with me And we both went to it and we had a haunted house at the church. And this was one of the games that we played because I remember distinctly peeled grapes are some of the weirdest feeling things in the world. And they do feel like what you'd think eyeballs would feel like. Right. So I was just like, and I actually have on videotape, Jeremy almost passing out from feeling it, (laughs) getting so freaked out that he almost (laughs) passed out. It was awesome. (laughs) Did they give you a raw liver? Uh, yeah, you're blindfolded. And so, yeah, my mom had, had got a liver. And so, yeah, it was just, oh, it was, yeah, it was really cool. It was, I remember it being a really cool experience and just like, oh, man, this is so cool. But it was definitely the peeled grapes was the coolest feeling thing because right. it did feel like what you think eyeballs would feel like. Was the blood made of ketchup thinned with water like in this book? Well, we were blindfolded. So it was all touch. <laughs> it was all touch based. All based on feel. Yeah. 
Yeah, see, I saw someone doing that game before I ever got a chance to play that game, so I knew the the gag. Ah, uh, yeah. Which sucked, yeah, yeah. That's not as fun if you already know what's going on. I, yeah, I've never been able to have that experience, <laughs> and I've always, I always wanted to. In fact, there were times that I would play the game already knowing what the game consisted of, just so I could feel, I'm like, this isn't as cool, because I know it's grapes. <laughs> <laughs> but now you get to watch your kids do it, and then... Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway, not a story, just <laughs> a game. suggestions, instructions on how to play a party game, and then you j- reach out at your nearest friend and scream, ah! This next one, <laughs> yeah, like, so he, this guy plays chess over at his friend's house. He takes off. Um, He sees a woman walking ahead of him, and she's covering a basket carried with a white cloth. So he catches up to her and asks her what she's she's out so late and uh, asks if, she can, if he can carry her basket because she's not answering. So she hands the basket. And then uh, under the cloth, he hears, that's very nice of you, inside coming from inside the basket. And then it started laughing. <laughs> And so he started, he got startled, started running, and all of a sudden, like, the body and the head start chasing after him, but, like, the head is, like, bouncing down the road after him, which is actually kind of terrifying if you think about it, if you were running away. How do you kill something if its fucking head is bouncing after you like a basketball? (laughs) Do we establish that um, the head was in the basket? Yes. Yes. Because I don't know how he didn't notice that she didn't have a head yeah. on her shoulders. Yeah, that's really... Uh... But it's late, so it's nighttime, so maybe he just didn't really look at her head. I mean, <laughs> depending on what she's wearing, he might have been checking her ass yes. out when he was walking up. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, yep. he, maybe nope. he's just a misogynist. Just... I, I would say <laughs> that there are plenty of men still out there today that would not notice a woman didn't have a head for a minute. <laughs> as long as her tits and ass are prominent enough. Yep, he'd be all she set. Can, she could be without a head. Yep. Uh, I, I she still may as well like, be carrying her own head in her basket. I'm literally blown away when I hear guys talk like they talked 20 or 30 years ago. I'm like, dude, seriously? <laughs> <laughs> it's clearly been established. It's It's been clearly established that that's not cool anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, check out the gams on that broad. <laughs> right? I think that might even be somewhat acceptable <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's gonna come back in style for sure right <laughs> <laughs> obviously well compared to some of the stuff i I mean you know we've all heard them <laughs> where you're sitting around and it's like super cringe fest as a bunch of guys are like talking shit and you're like oh my god mm. i always feel uncomfortable in those situations because i I know that part of me wants to be like, dude, shut up. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah, but I got to keep coming back here. (laughs) And if I just (laughs) maybe if I just don't indulge and walk away from these conversations. Right. Well, that's you're doing what you can, which is walking away. Right. I mean, that's what you can do. In some situations, you got to hold your tongue. Now, if it were the right situation, I'd definitely be willing to say something. But you can't do that at work necessarily. Yeah, basically, that's what's holding you back. That's what it comes back to. You can't get Harold started because Harold will hold his tongue when it comes to wages. (laughs) Oh, yeah. But yeah, so uh, she bites his leg. Head jumping up out of the basket, hopping up and biting the, biting the dude in the leg twice. And then they just disappeared. The head and the body disappeared. <laughs> because whoever ah! wrote the story, <laughs> whoever wrote the story couldn't think of a good ending. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> right. Yeah, now she's this, gone. This next section, though, uh, Other Dangers, gets into some stories that I remember hearing multiple times, even outside of, of this book, and pr- I'm probably telling this story a bunch of times, I believe. Um, the Hook. 
which is which is the story where a guy and a girl go up to make out point in this it's just that they went up to talk or whatever but they go up to make up point and they're listening to the radio and they hear that some lunatic has escaped from the asylum and uh they hear something outside and they drive off and when they get back to when he gets back to dropping her off they get out of the car and there's a hook on one of the door handles that's a classic that's a classic oh, urban yeah. legend is that in the movie urban legend I believe it is. Is that what I remember it from? Because I, I was mean, like, I know it's from one of those, one of those, you know, late '90s, early 2000s scream horror. Right. Yeah. Very prolific urban legend. I'm pretty sure I've seen it multiple times. I remember thinking it was okay and watching it. I think twice. Next one is a tale as old as time, too. <laughs> like this. So this girl. Goes to a pawn shop and buys a dress because uh, a dude wants to take her to a dance, but she's poor. So she buys this uh, this dress from a pawn shop and she dies when she wears it because she- it She didn't even buy it, Andy. She just rented it. She rented it from a pawn shop. Yep. Oh, man. I didn't even know you could rent shit from pawn shops. I don't know if you can. I mean, I'm, I guess it probably depends on the pawn shop. Hmm. But anyways, turned out that the- the dress got there when a uh, coroner um, took it off of a corpse that like recently had a funeral or whatever, and there was embalming fluid on the dress, and that poisoned the young lady to death. I don't know about that. It seems pretty uh, far-fetched. It's fucking true, dude. This one was based on a true story. <laughs> 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 the Undertaker's Helper. So Paul Bear... Uh, Sells a dress to to the pawn shop. Trying to make a few extra bucks, man. Being the undertaker's helper doesn't pay as much as you think. He stole the dress, but not the jewelry. What an idiot. (laughs) Well, the jewelry probably had embalming fluid on it. (laughs) Yeah, he's not stupid. There were traces of the fluid on her dress. Embalming fluid had stopped her blood from flowing. Yeah, if there was traces of it on the dress, I doubt there was enough to a get absorbed into her skin, into her body, to even do anything. It's just come on, ugh. come on, very far fetched. <laughs> after that is, yeah, I was gonna say after that is high beams. Another classic urban legend. This is another classic that is basically intended as a cautionary tale for especially young women. But I mean, I always made sure to check this. Uh, girl, uh, girl is leaving a basketball game in town. She's driving down the road. This truck is behind her, uh, passing cars right with her and, and keeping right on her and flashing his high beams. And she finally gets back to her house and she calls the police. And when the police, uh, come, they, uh, they come and they start arresting the guy and he's like, you don't want me, you want him. And in the back seat of the car, crouched down is a man with a knife. Now. I know what you're thinking. Yeah, I don't understand why that guy stayed there so long. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, this is a total urban legend because the cops have a, an unbelievable response time and actually prevent a murder. Well, and here's the thing, though. I mean, like, the whole time they followed all the way home. She would have had to park the car. She tells her dad to call the police. The police had to get there in two seconds for that guy not to get out of the red truck and be like, there's somebody fucking in the back seat. I'm trying to help you. You know, <laughs> well, he did have a gun. Seat. He did have a gun when he got out he of the truck. A, the driver of the truck had a gun. Yeah. Okay. And I guess any any amount of time could have passed in between like the girl running into the house and saying, call the police uh, because the driver of the truck got out with a gun in his hand. But like if he was keeping the uh, the murderer in the back seat. 
by training his gun on, on him. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I feel like the guy in the back seat sat there for way too long. Probably like a citizen's arrest kind of scenario. I don't know how citizen's arrest work. Um, this is another uh, profound ignorant <laughs> point of uh, <laughs> right. trying to explain things. Uh, citizen's arrest, you you have to witness something that you know for a fact is against the law, and even then, uh, it'd be difficult to do with a gun in your hand, because you're not supposed to pull a gun out as a citizen. You're not supposed to pull a gun out unless you intend to use it. So Right. But there's a couple of explanation paragraphs at the end of the story saying that the driver of the truck kept flashing his high beams at uh, at her car every time he saw the, the killer get up to try and kill her. That's when he'd flash his high beams. Okay. Each time the man in the back seat reached up to overpower her, the driver of the truck turned on his high beams. Then the man dropped down, afraid that someone might see him. And then the next one is the babysitter, and it's the classic, uh, the calls are coming from inside the house. There's no way, there's no reason to draw these people like that, though. (laughs) That baby got, got done dirty. Yeah, oh yeah, no, it's, it's <laughs> that baby looks like a Habsburg. <laughs> Definitely both of no. them do. They both look like products of incest. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have to snap some photos and uh, and post them on our on our socials to. What don't people, people know about history about. and the Habsburg Empire and how they like to? Not necessarily about this, but we're, we're talking a lot about the uh, the images. Oh, the, yeah, here, the I stories. Think. Yeah, the yeah. Art, art we got We got to show people what we're what we're talking about. This is an audio medium here, right? <laughs> <laughs> so oh, they, this this makes for great listening, describing a picture. <laughs> For me, uh, this story, the calls are coming from inside the house story, it doesn't ever recall a memory of like, oh, you know, a scary story with that. What it recalls a memory for me, and actually I did find it kind of creepy. Do you guys remember, is Bud Ice still a thing? I don't believe it is. Do you remember Bud Ice? I remember, I remember it Bud being Ice. a thing. And do you remember the I penguin? I think I know what you're- I do. I do. Yeah, and, I know what you're getting at. <laughs> and there was the one where they keep getting the call, and he's like, doobie, 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 doo. And they're finally like, the calls are crying from inside the house. And then it goes up in the attic and shows that creepy penguin sitting there, and he's just like, doobie, doobie, doo. Oh, so stupid. Yeah, it, but, it was, but it was effective. <laughs> yeah, we remember it to this day, and yeah. it lasts, the memories last longer than that beer did. Yeah, for sure, because yeah. I'm pretty sure, but I, I don't remember ever seeing it in the last 15 years i remember my parents used to call us from the garage in the house and i don't think they ever told us how to do that Hmm. so i don't know if that would even well nowadays you would just use your cell phone to call the house phone if there even was a house phone i don't i haven't had a house phone ever their gps location is within 10 meters of you (laughs) (laughs) that's what it is now yeah that's a modern telling of it yeah the next one is pretty good you were talking about it josh how your grandpa told you this story or oh yes uh so after this is the is the next it's the next uh set and it says this chapter has the same title as the first chapter but the stories in the first chapter are meant to scare you the ones in this chapter are meant to make you laugh so the first one is called the viper and yes, as as you said, uh, my my grandpa used to tell this as a as a joke. And what it is is, ba- I can do it really quick. Which is, uh, well, I can just read it. A widow lived alone on the top floor of an apartment house. One morning, her telephone rang. Hello, she said. This is the Viper. A man said, "I'm coming up." Somebody's fooling around. She thought. Hung up. Half hour later, the fo- telephone rang again. It was the same man. It's the Viper. I'll be up soon. 
The widow didn't know what to think, but she was getting frightened. Once more, the telephone rang. Again, it was the viper. I'm coming up now, he said. She quickly called the police. They said they would be right over. When the doorbell rang, she sighed with relief. They're here, she thought. But when she opened the door, there stood a little old man with a bucket and a cloth. I am the viper, he said. I wish to wash and vipe the windows. So yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. Just, it's just the window viper. So yeah. The way and I heard it was a xenophobe. <laughs> yeah. The the way I heard it was uh this is the viper and I'm five miles away. But and it's just, you know, keep getting closer and closer. But yeah, same thing. I'm here to vipe your windows. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently Bud Ice is still a thing. Really? Just I guess not advertised, but I was listed as on sale at seven eleven. <laughs> Introduced in nineteen ninety four. So it is clearly a, a beer of the 90s. Official beer of Reliterated. At least Josh, yeah, yep. At least Josh or Andy and I will have to buy ourselves some butt ice and give it a try. Yeah, I, I don't do the, I don't drink beer, so. You don't drink beer? Nope, I don't like it, so I just don't. I don't really drink at all anymore. I had a few on my birthday, but that was it. So after that is The Attic. <laughs> yep. And it comes with instructions too. Yeah, it, yeah, because at the end you have to stop. You just hear uh, it, it, it goes with him getting his gun and then he starts going up in the attic because he heard something. And then all of a sudden, then he opened the door and ah! And that's when you get your instructions <laughs> that at this point the storyteller stops as if he finished. Then well, so usually somebody, somebody will ask, why did Rupert scream? Then the storyteller replies, you'd scream too if you stepped on a nail in your bare feet. Now... <laughs> There's even instructions for the listener. Yeah. Now, if if somebody doesn't ask that, then it's just a really fucking weird story. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's going to know. Yep. And he goes looking for his dog in the house and yep. just stop goes talking up to the and stare off. Yep. Somebody's like, yep. I guess I'll tell my story now. <laughs> so what the fuck happened? He stepped on a nail. That's why he screamed. Next. Yeah. Next is a story with pictures. Every single one has a picture to go along with it. With the line, because it's just another poem. The yep. slithery D. The slithery D, he came out of the sea. He ate all the others, but he didn't eat me. The slithery D, he came out of the sea. He ate all the others, but he didn't eat... <laughs> yep, slurp. Because <laughs> you got eaten by the slithery D. Ooh. It's dumb. It's so dumb. <laughs> Aaron Kelly's Bones was also strange. Uh, it is a story about a man who's so possessive that even after he dies, he won't let his wife have any life without him. First of all, what a creepy ass drawing that goes with this story. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree. How that dead man danced. What? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> Well, because that's in the in the story. They go dancing after he's dead. But Aaron Kelly dies at the beginning of the story. Okay. They he got bought COVID-19. him a coffin. <laughs> yep. He got co- I mean, he died after getting the vaccine, but <laughs> that may what? not be relevant. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he got hit by a truck, but obviously it was the vaccine that killed him. Clearly. <laughs> well, the truck wouldn't have been wouldn't have been magnetized. He wouldn't have been magnetized if we wouldn't have got the magazine, <laughs> yep, and that's what pulled the right. truck into yep, him. The so mag- yep. the magnetism yeah. drove the truck right into him. Yep, it was a right. parked truck, actually. It pulled it right. The brakes <laughs> and everything just it didn't matter. Skidded right across the ground, hit him at thirty miles an hour. Anyways, vaccinated Aaron Kelly was dead. <laughs> <laughs> they bought him a coffin and had a funeral and buried him. That should be it, right? But wrong. Aaron Kelly gets out of his coffin and goes home to his family. <laughs> 
then he just sits down next to his widow and he's like, what's everybody up to? You're acting like somebody died. Who died? By the long faces. And he basically tells them he's not going back to the grave till he feels dead. And, <laughs> he uh, doesn't feel that he's dead, he but he doesn't feel, feel dead. dead. His wife's pissed because she can't get the life insurance. Right. <laughs> or that strange. She can't get that strange. Yep. Ooh, she wants that strange D. <laughs> Everything's stiff, but where it counts. Aww. Aww. And then, like, the fiddler comes over and wants to fiddle with Aaron Kelly's wife. And <laughs> there's right. this really. Uh, Just this random fiddler. Yep. <laughs> the best fiddler in town, damn it, <laughs> came to court the widow. And she even asked, like, how long do we have to put up with this dead corpse? Like, that's your husband, lady. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get my groove on, yeah. man. Listen, I want to get with this fiddler. How long is this corpse going to hang around? Blood's not pumping. Dick fell off. Like, I'm done with this. <laughs> But yeah, so he, uh, Aaron suggested the fiddler that he do a little fiddling and they all start dancing and they basically, they dance until, uh, until Aaron is just like a pile of falling apart. Yeah. He falls apart. (laughs) He falls apart and the, and the widow tells the fiddler to play faster so that he'll fall apart faster. (laughs) So the fiddler fiddled faster and faster and until, uh, Aaron fell apart so much that he couldn't dance anymore. And I think it's funny because the fiddler gets to a point where he can't stand anymore. And he says, widow, I'm going home and never came back. And I'm like, wait, you wanted to marry her and you don't even know her name. You just know her as widow. <laughs> I mean, as soon as the Aaron Kelly died, her name became a widow. Yeah, it's, obviously, clearly. <laughs> that's part of the marriage contract. After that is the worst story I've ever heard. Oh, but is it even a story? For that. It's called Wait Till Martin Comes. <laughs> oh, it's you're right. This is the worst. so stupid. His old guy <laughs> is out for a walk, and then there's a storm, so he goes into this house, and then there's a cat, and then... He closes his eyes, and then there's another cat. And then he closes his eyes, and then there's another cat. And that's it. (laughs) It's all done. (laughs) But I guess the cats are talking to each other, saying, shall we do it now? And the other cat says, no, let's wait until Martin comes. And I I guess the cats are getting progressively bigger and bigger as they appear. Ooh, maybe a tiger comes at the end, and that's Martin. Oh, Martin's the tiger. Yep. But then the old man jumps up and jumps out the window (laughs) to avoid being there when Martin comes. The end. Cats are there. I don't know. And then uh, the last last story of the book is The Ghost with the Bloody Fingers. And uh, yeah, yeah. This one's about a businessman that he goes to this hotel room and uh, he doesn't believe in ghosts and he stays the night there. Ghosts came out of the closet and just kept moaning, bloody fingers, bloody fingers. And uh, then the man's like, I guess I do believe in ghosts. And he got the fuck out of there. And uh, (laughs) the next night, uh, a woman arrived and she said that she's not afraid of ghosts. And as soon as she got in the bed, it came out again. And it was like bloody fingers, bloody fingers, and its fingers are bleeding. And uh, she saw that and got the fuck out of there. So she was afraid of ghosts. It would not have been a, an effective Ghostbuster. Neither of those people. <laughs> Nope. And then a guest came and came in really late and he got all unpacked and he got his guitar out and he start and as soon as he started to play, the ghost came out saying bloody fingers, bloody fingers. And the man was paying no attention, just kept playing on his guitar. The ghost kept moaning, his fingers kept bleeding, and finally the guitar player looked up and said, Cool it, man. He said, Get yourself a band-aid. 
<laughs> waka waka, da 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 da. The end. And that one's it. <laughs> so it ends pretty weakly. <laughs> right. <Yep. laughs> so weak. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, this book was not as good as I remembered it being. And, you know, I mean, I think putting myself in the mindset of Bruce reading two and a half pages and being like, Bro, this or a page and a half and be like, this book is too long. This story's too long. <laughs> you know, I mean, that makes sense. So yeah, when we were little, it was like just read this story really quick or read a few of these stories and that's enough to read. But I got mm-hmm. through it super quick reading it myself. And then even listening to the the audiobook was really fast. Yeah. It it did go by really, really quickly. Because yeah, they're just super short, quick notes basically about s- scary stuff from our from American history, basically. And a lot of it isn't really super scary. It's it's gross, uh, funny. There are a couple that are jump scares, and I would imagine that they could work well. I might actually take this book with me next time we go camping and, and tell some of the scary stories that you're supposed to jump scare people with, see if it works. I think it will work on kids because, you know, we're adults. Right. The, right. This doesn't scare us. Things like retirement plans scare us. So Yeah, retirement plans. <laughs> Yeah, that story about the dead uh, dead body not letting his wife cash in on the life insurance is probably yeah. the scariest prospect. Right, you pay for that life insurance, you expect to be able to cash in on it. Mm-hmm. And you expect to uh, to be able to uh, to fiddle around with the fiddler. Yeah. Gotta get on with your life, man. Well, I get some fiddling done, and then here's your <laughs> dead husband hanging out in the house. I <laughs> can't mean, come do on. that with a corpse in the house. No, especially a talking corpse. <laughs> but... I mean, it did bring back a lot of nostalgia. Most of the nostalgia I got from it was actually looking at the cover, though, because even when, like I say, in reading the book, so many of the stories are just not scary enough. I I can see I remember it being scary, but I was a kid, so I can see why that would be the case. Right. The the illustrations, the drawings definitely made this book what it is and definitely is what gave the, the book lasting power, in my opinion. For sure. For sure. Without them, the, it, it just fade into obscurity, I think. Right. It, it, but the stories, like I say, like that hook story, I, I almost would wonder if that story still gets told today by by teenagers because it's it seems like it's one of those old ass stories that comes from when our parents were kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how scary a hook, a guy with a hook hand is when, you know, they're facing a, a, a world with uh, insane heat and, uh, <laughs> you know, basically the world is just so much worse than what we grew up with. So it's like they have right. to contend with so much. There's so much more that's scary to them. That's real. Mm-hmm. That they don't when even children need. have to go through live shooter drills. Yeah. Like you're gonna scare them with a book with a story about a woman carrying her own head, right? <laughs> yeah, jumping up and biting them in the ankles. No, I think that if that were in a movie or a TV show or on video, it would be scarier to them. But I think that's the other thing, too. There's so much information that we get and you hear about actual scary shit happening, like someone grabbing somebody at a gas station and that person disappearing. You Mm -hmm. know, that's regular news now. Yeah. I think an updated version of this book would include stories like that. Oh, for sure. It would have to. Because most of them are cautionary tales. Right. Yeah. Less macabre stuff of animated corpses and more stranger danger type stories. For sure. Yeah. Because these were these stories were meant to teach a lesson to kids. Right. And well, the lessons nowadays hearse. are different. 
Well, and the, with all the focus on like dead bodies and and that kind of stuff, I mean, it's folklore. So there was a time where it was a real fact of life that you might regularly see dead bodies and they may have died from disease. And, you you know, now that was the thought I was having earlier today about this of when it was talking about all these dead bodies or like the decay story, the don't laugh at a hearse story and all that. Mm -hmm. When we see a dead body today, it is usually for most people going to be either like I saw my grandpa after he died in the hospital and my grandma after she died in the hospital. And that was the first time in my life I was 20 something that I saw a body that wasn't prepared in a and put in a coffin at a funeral home, mm -hmm. you know, where they do the best they can to make it look natural. Mm -hmm. I will say they both looked very haunting in their their hospital beds. You know, people don't die like they do in the movies where their mouths are closed and they close their eyes. And it's no, it yeah, doesn't look just, like it was. Just, just gone yeah it, no it didn't look like it was fun both of my grandparents were like in a open mouth sitting up position kind of it was wild really huh. yeah 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 i i remember i watched when my grandma passed but she had she had had uh strokes and like she was unconscious and just slipped away when we uh we turned we turned her off yeah so that that was more of a okay now we know she's gone right less of a transition in in appearance anyways right no my grandpa miller uh i guess right before he passed away i wasn't there i couldn't do it um i had gone to work which i don't know if i regret or or not at today but any in any case um right before my grandpa died my dad said he sat up and he pounded twice on his thigh like fucking no and then passed <laughs> which is very much my grandpa, <laughs> like I, I would not expect any less, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. We don't see bodies like that anymore. We see, we see them prepared and they're peaceful looking and, and, and a lot of people get cremations now. So people aren't necessarily always seeing bodies at funerals. I think the last two funerals I've been to, uh, one of them was Catholic. So definitely open casket with the body there. And then my cousin was kind of. Uh, he wasn't so much religious, but the family he lived with was. Um, mm -hmm. So he he was open casket. But prior to that, like my grandpa, my grandma, um, they were cremated. Yeah. Any funerals that I've been to in recent years, like they were all uh, military vets. So they like had their funeral expenses paid for and everything. So they had like open casket uh, funerals. So I got to see them. And yeah. 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 Luckily, I haven't had a lot of deaths in my in my family yet. So uh, I think the last person was my Aunt Brenda, and hers was open casket. But my thoughts uh, are more towards now people, when you think of dead bodies, you almost think of the zombie craze because those are animated dead bodies. And so you see those, uh, you know, every week on Walking Dead or there's even like zombie high as a kid's show. I think so. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Right. They're they're kind of used to that idea that of of you know animated corpses and right. I guess the point that I I would get back around to at this point now that we went off on this really downer talk about dead bodies yeah. is that <laughs> is that when these stories were originally created, 
it was much more likely that you saw a dead body. And I think I already said that, but it would be like I say, as them being cautionary tales, you know, a, a kid who might be seeing dead bodies more normally and it might not be as traumatic for them. Right. Might be willing to go, oh, I'm going to poke it. I'm going to poke it or do so, you know, and then they get sick because the person died of a disease or just the fact of a decomposing body could get you sick somehow if you had a cut, got infected. And I think that's why these cautionary tales exist like that. So I do agree that today you would have different stories uh, having to do with a cautionary tale for people. You know, a man came up and asked if I could if I wanted to help him with his puppy, (laughs) you know, and (laughs) then I was never seen again. Like, that's the kind of shit that happens. That's actually the number one line, by the way, of people trying to take other people is a dog or a puppy. I can't find my dog or I lost my puppy. Will you help me look for him? It is not candy because everyone tells their kids don't take candy from a stranger. Right. Except for on Halloween. Then yep, take except all for the on candy. Halloween. <laughs> but but people don't necessarily think don't help a person look for their dog. And most people, not Andy, but most people would care enough about this dog <laughs> they don't know that they would help look for it. I'd be like, I'll keep my eye open, but no promises, dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely not coming in your van. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to abduct me anyway, so I'm, right? I'm safe. What I got to do is I got to train Xander to have that same distaste for, for having pets. <laughs> Don't go doing that now. Just <laughs> spread your evil. But you lost your dog? Go. Be free. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you, man. <laughs> no more spending half your paycheck on dog food. Half your paycheck. Vet off. Wow, you, you obviously don't know yeah. anything about dogs. Yeah, you, you know nothing about pets, obviously. <laughs> Not to mention, like, the companionship that you get from a dog. Oh, just. Right. A dog will never. There's no reason for a dog to Here's not the thing. love you. So. Andy, can say, Andy can say he absolutely hates all animals. But I bet that if if he happened upon having a dog, it would not take long for him to be in love with that dog. He'd be like those guys on Reddit. It's like, my dad said that he didn't want a dog. And this yep. is what happened. And it's like, they're best friends. <laughs> either that either that, or it would be, you'd see the whole like dog playing with them. And then it'd look like there's a turkey dinner. And Andy'd be sitting there for Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> that dog's looking awful tasty right now. Turkey looks weird. Why does it have four legs? <laughs> super turkey. <laughs> One of them super turkeys. Uh, all right, guys. Should we bring this in for a landing? We should. Yeah, we should bring it down. Let's let's do that. Um, so would you recommend this? Uh, not really. It's a fun little jaunt. If you got kids and you want to tell them some stories about dead bodies... <laughs> You know, if I you mean, want to traumatize your kids, yeah, yeah. Bruce, Bruce was thinking that even just the first story was scary, and that's the big toe. So, I mean, it definitely is going to work for little kids. I think this would be a fun book to have to read around the campfire or something. I mean, you know, what I think would be good is get the audiobook and listen to it on the way to go camping or something like that. I think that would be a really good 
uh, way to have it because the audiobook is very entertaining. So, so. you're saying like if I was taking the kids going camping, I would play the audiobook in the car so that everybody hears the stories so that yeah. later at night when the campfire is going, I can't tell the stories that are on the campfire in the dark. Exactly. No, I think these are scary stories to tell in the dark, Josh. It is literally the name of the book. Well, then you, make them put on blindfolds. The, you don't listen Maybe to the Maybe that audiobook. was my mistake. I read it in the light. <laughs> I oh, did too. There you, if yeah, I go back too. and I read that, this book in the problem, dark. Guys. We, we <laughs> fucked it up. We did it wrong. That's why it we wasn't We need scary. to find an old abandoned building and meet there and we'll read it there. Uh, we need to get some... Uh, so, some Patreon money so that I could afford a plane ticket there. <laughs> right. So. Pshaw. Yeah, I, I would I would say that if you got kids and you're looking for some weird old, like, take it back 300 years and, and tell some stories around a campfire, this would be a fun book to do that with. But if you're just looking for a book to read and you're almost 40, I would say probably not. I, yeah, I was going to say, as a, as a single 40-year-old man, I can say uh, I do not recommend rereading this at all. <laughs> Andy? Harold? Do you, do you, oh, did you say you don't recommend it? You did. You did. I wouldn't really recommend it, no. Okay. If you like, uh, the drawings are pretty neat. If you want to see, like, the, the gross-ass macabre drawings, if you're into that shit. You want to see a really good uh, re- representation of Sarah Jessica Parker? It's a beautiful picture of her. <laughs> Sorry, she has a face of a horse. <laughs> Sarah she Jessica Parker is a very pretty, excuse me, sir. She has a beautiful horse face. <laughs> that is awful. She has <laughs> a wonderful fine. face. Come at me. <laughs> <laughs> so what do we got lined right. up next week, guys? Next week, we're back to Goosebumps. And I'm happy for this one because it's actually one of the books I grabbed uh, when we did our first Goosebumps book. It's One Day at Horrorland. So I will basically be able to just skim through it again because I've already read it three times. <laughs> <laughs> that is Goosebumps One Day at Horrorland uh, on October 12th. We'll come up with that episode. And that is a fun one. That's going to be a fun book. Yeah, I'm halfway through it. and it, Yeah, it's really fun. Mm-hmm. We were due for, you know, the second book in each chapter is like, I, get, I guess we're going to do like series books or whatever, but... This is a this is our spooky season. We gotta go with goosebumps, man. Yeah, we had to do a goosebumps again. There wasn't anything spooky enough from from our other <laughs> book choices. Babysitters Club, yeah, or whatever yeah. Plus other the series last we want to get into. The last one wasn't really spooky. Harry's Adventure is more of a yeah it was sci-fi, a sci-fi. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's it's our podcast. We're gonna do what we want to do. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna yeah. do what the That's- fuck we want. And if you don't like it, uh, still listen because we love you. Well, so. or <laughs> send if in your suggestions. Gonna, if you're not going to listen, at least put us on auto downloads. <laughs> yeah. <keep> system. <laughs> right. And of course, give us five stars because big numbers. Helps. Yes. And review on Apple Podcasts. Apparently, that's the place to go for you know, for growing a podcast is to uh, to get reviews on Apple. Which is weird because I, I I don't believe that all of our downloads are coming from Apple Podcasts. Quite a few of them are correct, but it's it's like maybe half of them. Looking at looking at the stats, that's our leading uh, place that uh, people are downloading from is Apple Podcasts. Okay, but I I do hear from other uh, podcasters on like Twitter and stuff that uh, the like one of the best ways to grow your 
your podcast is to ask for reviews on Apple Podcasts because that helps it get more exposure the more uh, reviews that you have. Yep, yep. On Spotify, you can only follow. You can't do reviews there. Um, Yeah, there's a few of them that you can't do reviews on. Audible is the other one that you can do reviews on. Right, yeah. So by all means, reviews on Apple Podcasts for sure. Audible, if you're feeling froggy. And um, uh, but follow us wherever you want. Right. And I've been playing around with the TikTok lately. It's at Reliterated on TikTok. And uh, we we have another TikToker who's been doing reviews of the episodes. Been having fun with that. And uh, shout out to Janelle, Ms. Confiniometer. I hope I pronounced that correctly. It's but, close. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Confiniometer. I don't know. But she's been going episode by episode and uh, throwing her two cents in, and it's uh, much appreciated. And Harold's been enjoying going back and forth with her. Yep. Yeah, I have fun interacting on TikTok. I'm not great at it yet, but I'll get the I'll get the gist of it. Yep. So yeah, by all means, uh, anybody and everybody, throw your uh, reviews out there to the wind. And thank you for listening. Well, that's pretty much the spiel, I guess. Uh, <laughs> the only thing left to do is uh, sign off. So till next week, give a shit, read some lit. Thanks. Shazha. Go away. Go away. <laughs> See, okay, this is- so this is, this is worth recording. <laughs> <laughs> Nardo's attacking Harold. It Harold's is trying to fantastic. keep him out of the mic. <laughs> He's having a fucking fight with a cat. I am. I'm fucking wrestling him on the ground here. <laughs> He's like, damn, we're playing. We're having fun. He's like, I want to be part of the podcast. Please. <laughs> I'm an important part of Reliterated. I have value. <laughs> <laughs> I read scary stories of telling the dark and I have something to say. <laughs> <laughs> What is it, Nardo? (laughs) 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 Just purr.